Well, I don't know how many people record podcasts with um, mechanical heart valves. I don't mean record the podcast with the valve. I mean record them and have a mechanical heart valve as I do. But I've got these headphones on so I can hear what I'm saying. And uh, I can hear it. Listen. Yeah, so I might have to turn that up a little bit for you. But yeah, it's there. I can also hear some church bells. So perhaps you'll enjoy those in the background. Anyway, so um, I'm... I must stop saying anyway. I noticed that last time when I had the pain of listening back to some of the things that I'd been going on about. And one of the things that I'm very keen on is saying the word anyway. So that's already twice I've said it. I'm going to forgive myself the second time because I was just using the word um, to, to identify it there rather than saying it in normal speech. But anyway, um, so I'm now some, let's have a look, six weeks, 43 days, would you believe? into sobriety and I've managed to learn how to say the word as well as uh, be sober uh, for a considerable period of time and it's um it's been an interesting experience I'm not saying I've never never been sober this long before I mean I didn't drink for 15 years at one point um and then obviously when I finished school I, I had to start doing something else but one thing that I've definitely come to understand I think is that pubs are for drinking so one thing that I've been sort of dealing with recently, I say dealing with, that's a bit a bit over the top. One thing I've been going through recently, oh, going through is quite dramatic as well, isn't it? experiencing, that's it, experiencing recently, is the, the thought, oh, you know, maybe I should go out and see a few people or whatever. And then I think, well, where are they? And I think, oh, they'll be at the pub probably, one pub or another. And then I think, oh, I don't want to do that. And I've wondered why, and I thought, oh, no, have I become some sort of recluse or Kermit the Hermit or something? And then I thought about it, I thought, well, it's because they're somewhere where the activity and the purpose of being there is something that I'm trying not to do. So it doesn't make sense. And I think you go in through the door and, you know, you are, you're inside a, a shop, a sit down shop for alcohol. And whilst they do obviously sell a few, um, a couple of non-alcoholic things, that is clearly not the raison d'etre of the place. And so I don't feel, after having thought about that for a little bit, I don't feel any kind of problem with not wishing to be there. And at first I did have a problem with that. I think it's, you know, I don't normally go to a snooker hall or a bowling alley or something just to kind of sit around or hope that I'm going to be able to, you know, find that that's the best place to eat pizza because that's that's not what it's for. So I've, I've kind of accepted that and I, th- I think that's important for me at least. Anyway, I haven't really thought of that before. So, you know, give me some... Give me some time to catch up. Some of these things I realise are right there at the front of very clever people such as yourselves. Yourselves, is that? I don't know whether that's right possessively, but anyway, we'll be fine with that grammatically for now. I'm sure you all speak some version of English. And then I thought, started thinking about, oh, well, you know, as people drinking, trying to get away from something, you know, the rest of their life or whatever. And then I thought, oh, well, what I need to do is find something else to do. So then you look and find something else to do. And it takes up some time. And again, what I realise is most of what people are doing, looking to do, is just use some time up, which is a, an interesting notion, really, because most people are scared of running out of time one way or another, and yet we're very keen to use it up. We're not that happy just sitting around experiencing time. And I, I realise there are ways that you can sort of live in the moment with one kind of, well, I don't know if it's meditation, but you know what I mean, forgotten the word for that other thing that's not meditation, where you think about your elbows um and uh you know there's that kind of thing but at the end of the at the end of it all you're just using up time so then i thought well that's not too bad is it whatever you do that with and then the question is whether it's 
a particularly damaging thing that you use up that time with in what way could it be damaging i don't know financially physically it might upset your relationships and everything else and that's all it is so anyway again you'll have to forgive me for taking a long time to come around to these we're not even going to call them realizations because that's over the top as well but these little thoughts here and just to think well you know it's okay this is just how we spend time and that's what's about this unless you believe in a bigger purpose a higher purpose i should say a bigger picture where there's some important value or something that you need to do then actually it, it kind of doesn't matter and mostly what you would be doing or should be doing let's say you're supposed to watch that word should aren't you remember listening to someone say oh if you say the word should in a sentence you should you know pay attention um and stop saying it so i'm going to try and stop saying that so if you I've now lost the thread of what I was talking about. Anyway, I could really do with a drink now, so I'm going to move on. So another little segment of the of this entertaining show um, is the one where I talk about the Nextdoor app. And what is nice is that uh, uh, it's a good friend of mine, actually, uh, called Dan, he, he, he sent me this uh, the other day. And this is a real excerpt from, the, from a Bristol Nextdoor. Um, and it, it goes like this. It goes, hi. Did anyone hear the police helicopter at about 2.30 on Saturday morning? Somehow it sounded different from usual. Does anyone know what it was about? And then there's an answer. Yes, I did. And as you said, it didn't sound like it normally does. I got up but couldn't see. Now, there's a lot to think about in that. I don't know what they mean about, you know, it's a police helicopter. They've somehow identified it. Maybe they know their choppers. But then they said it sounded different. In what way? That I, I just don't. That that's the most. That's the least thing I would expect someone to say about a police helicopter. Normally, you'd think about like what was it? Where was it going? Where were its lights shining? You know, was it over a nearby area that you know, or, or something like that? But no, it sounded different. But then it's the, it's not that bit. That's the that's one person. There's always one person who's doing some idiotic or saying something stupid or whatever. Next thing is that someone else heard it and agreed that it didn't sound like it normally does. And I like the last bit. I got up, but couldn't see. Now, I think they mean they couldn't see the helicopter or they couldn't see what was different about the sound, which is a, an interesting notion in itself. But I just like reading it that they got up and couldn't see. In other words, I mean, I don't wish that they were struck with blindness, don't get me wrong, but I like the idea of it in, in its own little way. Anyway, that's that. So another thing, I, one thing I've been thinking about recently or reminiscing about recently is is the, the age-old fun fun game of, of finding pornography in a bush in a carrier bag now i don't know if this has completely died as a sort of pastime but it was certainly something that as a young young man or you know adolescent that that uh, i and, and other friends of mine used to do with with some regularity not not certainly wasn't only once in life and we never found out who who left this kind of bush porn now i'm not the only person to talk about this of course i've heard a few other people talking about it over the years but I don't know, I don't know if you know what other people's experience was was like. But in there are uh, some other important details, if you like, about this, and one of them relates to carrier bags and the quality of those bags. So in those days, let's say late eighties, early nineties, carrier bags were ex made of extremely thick and strong. I don't know what kind of plastic, but you know what I mean. Some kind of strong plastic, polyurethane. Let's say I've made that up. I haven't made polyurethane up. I've made up that it was made of that. Anyway, um, and they, I said it again. What that meant is that that bag could be stashed for a considerable time. And as long as if it was, as long as it was wrapped carefully, and, you know, sensibly and not so that water would get in the top, these magazines would remain in, in near pristine condition. And quite often they were quite a big, quite a big stack of them. And 
when you found something like that in a bush, obviously you're very glad, quickly grabbed the whole bag. And it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those things where there was sort of any honesty there. We didn't have to leave 50p or, or a thank you note. It wasn't like those things in Dartmoor, you know, where there's a little box and you go and leave something in there. I don't know what, I don't know what I would have left in a bag in exchange for it. You just accepted it was there. I don't know what kind of person left it there, but it, but it was there. And one of the things that I liked about it was quite often it was Sainsbury's bag. So I grew up in Bath and there was a big Sainsbury's there. And in fact, in the good old uh, good old days, it was called J Sainsbury. And I don't know how old people are who are listening. They may not know. J Sainsbury is what it was called. That's the name of presumably the guy who used to own it or something. People called it Sainsbury's because it belonged to him. But on the sign, it was there, a big brown sign. Anyway, and one of the carrier bags had the slogan it's clean it's fresh at Sainsbury's so that's quite nice because that fits well with the contents and then another another one from around that period is everyone's favorite ingredient again we were always very pleased when we found a, a stash of uh, of uh, pornography in one of these bags so that fitted I never found it in anything else other than a Sainsbury's bag and then I was thinking about well what would it be like these days if it was a modern bag well one thing it would biodegrade in five minutes so unless you were lucky enough to, you know, sneak in as soon as whoever it was left the stuff, it would all be rotten and no good. But there's one bag there and and the slogan on the current or one of the recently, fairly recent bags is I'm nuts about recycling. And I also thought that would be quite nice. So in a way, it makes me tell if I had any uh, pornographic magazines, I'd put them in an I'm nuts about recycling. Uh, I put them in three of those, actually. I'd triple bag them and then I'd leave them in a nearby bush. And one good time to find this stuff, if I remember rightly, was, was sort of autumn or just, just around that period. Because, of course, the leaves thin out on the bushes and that's when you spot the bag. It probably was left in the very most dense period uh, of foliage. And months later, there it is. Anyway, another little story that I'd like to uh, remember for a moment. A friend of mine worked out that, that uh, the nearby newsagent the guy who owned it, he had a lock-up garage, which was just in sort of some, a domestic block of garages over the road from where my friend lived. And those old garages, I don't know who knows about breaking into garages. I'm not an expert. But it just had like a single little pin thing that any anything you put in the top, like a credit card type thing or a screwdriver, you could just push the pin down and open the door. So he worked out that it was over there. He did that. <clears throat> and what he used to do is open the door just a little bit and then roll in underneath like a sort of, uh, you know, like commando type thing, rolling underneath, scoot around inside, and it was loaded with magazines, thousands and thousands of magazines. Then what he'd do is steal a load of um, pornogra- porn magazines, take them home. And at one point, it's not an exaggeration to say that his bed was lifted off the ground because he had so many. So there were just stacks of these, not just one stack, but multiple stacks laid out under the bed. So that, I don't know, um, tens and tens of kilograms of, uh, of magazine. And then at one point, I think he realized, he used to give them to us as well. Uh, there were some great titles there. The ones I remember in particular is one called The Rubberist, which was an interesting one. There were all the classics, of course, you know, Men Only, Shaven Ravens and, and, and um, Nifty Fifties and all the, others, all the other classic things of the day. But The, the Rubberist was, was a great one. And the other thing is, as well about that kind of stuff at that time, I don't know what it's like now, I'm not 15 now. But then, because we had limited access to that kind of stuff, so you, you'd go back to the same thing quite a bit you know like a magazine or something you'd read a bit of it or like there'd be a photo and then the, the photo obviously burns into your burns into your retina sort of like a, a kind of phosphorus burn kind of thing but then the words do as well and I, I can remember some of the phrases I remember one about um, Pippa's pumping pillows which was just ridiculous but anyway it's there it'll never leave me I'll, I'll go to my deathbed with that uh, 
uh, with, with that little uh, three-word alliteration in, in my uh, brain somewhere. Anyway, so at one point he realized he had, he needed to get rid of some of these magazines. I guess, think I don't know what was going on. Maybe his parents wondered why there wasn't much room between his bed and the ceiling anymore. And what he started doing was sort of rolling them up into, um, or putting about, I don't know, six or seven magazines on top of each other. And they're quite thick, glossy things, these are, aren't they? And you know what, you know what they're like. They're high-quality um, publications. He'd put about six or seven together, roll them up into a cylinder, and then tape them. Tape them up with, um, you know, like parcel tape. And this would make a really heavy, like a kind of, I don't know, five or six kilogram cylinder, basically, of paper. And then I remember a couple of times taking, and this is back before anyone cared about recycling all the world or anything else, taking them down the river and then throwing them in the river, these kind of bombs of, of porn. And then, so that's one, that wasn't, the, we didn't do the same charitable thing of putting them in a Saint, Sainsbury's bag, which was a shame. We should have, we should have done that. Um, but anyway, so we bombed, bombed a few of them in the river. And then another day there was some, uh, there was some, um, you know, roadworks kind of thing outside his house. So the traffic cones there. And I took a load of these magazines and I had what I thought was a great idea of getting about two magazines a piece and then shoving them up underneath the traffic cone. So I'm sure you've all picked up a traffic cone. It's essentially like a witch's hat. So it's hollow up the middle, up the pointed bit. So it's perfect for magazines. So I put a couple, two or three in each. And I just imagined with such pleasure, and I can remember walking home from my friend's house. I don't know if he knew I did this, but I just remember with such pleasure uh, thinking about the, um, you know, the, the road workers picking up one of these cones and then a couple of magazines flopping to the floor and imagine their excitement. And then they would go to the next one and then a few more magazines, and then the next one. And I did quite a few of them. And these magazines weren't old, grotty things. These, these were perfect. These were all pristine, stolen straight from the nearby, the nearby lockup. So it, it, it brought me such happiness. And I can remember laughing there. And it still makes me smile to this day, that, that, that feeling of imagining how they would feel when it happened. So I suppose that is one way that this kind of stuff might end up in a bush or under a traffic cone. I guess those those uh, road workers probably thought, how the hell did this get here? Well, if they're listening now, that's that's how. Um, and I think my other favorite story, this is another friend, we were uh, all, all close, uh, from a close group. He he had a load of, um, load of these magazines and he was carrying them around with him in, in his backpack or something. I imagine it was his school bag. You know, you do crazy things like that when you're adolescent. You think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk around with 10 porn mags in my in my uh, school bag anyway so he was doing this and where where i grew up the, the back of the house there was a disused railway line so there's a long flat uh, path really for want of a better word there were no sort of rails on it left anymore there was still the kind of very hard stones that you see at the at the side of a, a railway line that they both basically covered this path and then and then it was then covered in a another layer more or less about 80 percent covered in dog shit because of course nobody picked up dog shit then and yes, it was the white kind with all the bone meal in it. So, you know, it was a, it was a different a different world back then. You couldn't go out without getting dog shit on your on your shoes. It was completely normal. Um, and uh, just part of it. And it just reminded me actually of the other guy who had all the um, magazines under his bed. He once came round to my house, and it was <laughs> it's making me laugh now. Even though it's disgusting, he came he came around to my house and he sort of came in and then we were chatting and you know, again when you're young you do crazy things like just lie on the floor for no reason. No no grown man goes around to someone else's house and just lays on the floor. Anyway, he came around, lay on the floor, and he was kind of rolling around chatting. And then a few minutes into this uh, floor laying session, he uh, he and I both sort of thought smells a bit weird like dog, like dog shit in here. And then we realised what he'd done is he'd 
obviously stepped in dog shit. He'd come into my house, and we didn't live in a house where people took their shoes off. Walked dog shit all over the carpet, <laughs> and then proceeded to roll in it. But I don't know why it didn't initially stink. Both him, he and I had the same experience. We we weren't aware of the smell until until he'd been rolling in it like a dog himself. Anyway, so that, that was that. That just that's bringing me some amusement. And I want to finish off with this other one. So we're on. My friend's on this railway line. It's a beautiful summer's day, and uh, what he's decided to do is get. I don't know how many, let's say it was eight, but it could have been 15, it might have been four. But anyway, he got eight of his favourite porn mags out and he opened each one on his favourite page, centre, you know, not not the centre pages, but he, like a, a two-page spread kind of thing, opened the magazine out so he could look, look at all of them and he arranged them in a nice kind of square on this disused railway line in the sun. Now, I don't know what his plan was here. I can't say he was intending to um, get any personal exercise at this point at this point but i imagine he was considering it just i'm saying that because i know i know at least how one mind of a 15 year old or an ex 15 year old works but whatever he was doing he quickly realized afterwards that along this lane was a come in my sister uh my eldest sister who's five years older than us she was walking along and he must have seen her at a distance and i just again <laughs> makes me just smile so much thinking of him quickly I don't know. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to make it up now. He was quickly, you know, pulling his trousers up. I don't know if that bit's true. I certainly imagine he wasn't slowly pulling them up. Anyway, let's say he got them up quickly uh, and then wrestling up these eight magazines and quickly putting them back in his bag. And she must better see him doing some weird thing, but that's what he was doing. And if ever anyone, especially people who aren't, uh, you know, who weren't once young men, let's say, adolescent males, that's the kind of thing that we do. I would say that's not, that unusual a sort of thing you'll have most i think most adolescent men will have their own version of of that kind of embarrassment i, I realize time's rattled on now i haven't said nearly enough on this subject because i haven't even talked about my own version of this but but that was his there was my friend friend with the incredible bed heightening experiment which to this day makes me smile when when i think of the effort that he put in to this repeated uh, burglary of a of a of a lockup to score yet more magazines. Wonderful, and that's all powered by youthful testosterone. There'd be no other reason for doing that. So, there we go. Anyway, enjoy your time in a bush, and uh, may you be lucky this autumn in uh, in in finding what you're looking for. See you again. Bye.